0: Welcome to another episode of Morning Coffee with your host, Rick Alexander. I started this show to talk about all of the interesting, complex, paradoxical, and sometimes uncomfortable aspects of the human experience if you get anything from this show the greatest compliment you could give me is to share this show with somebody that you think the message may resonate with or to head to itunes and give us a five-star review additionally if you want to interact with me you can follow me at rickalexander underscore on instagram without further ado on to the show everyone welcome back to another episode of morning coffee today i want to talk about knowing thy master because who you are is always in relation to what you serve so we'll get into what that means i'm going to read a short section from ambitious heroes and heartache and then we'll we'll get into it Many polytheistic cultures dramatize human motivations with the creation of different gods. Simply having an awareness of the different gods, i.e. motivations, you unconsciously serve can help you understand why you do what you do. The truth is that the modern person tends to disavow the notion of God and then proceeds to worship a faceless deity who promises a heaven they'll never actually taste. We unknowingly put our hope for the future in the gods we are unconsciously serving and never realize that their only plans for us consist of the purgatory that we are already in. If you never realize this, you will continue to resolve to change only to find yourself in the same place. Safety, comfort, sex, drama, money, fame, validation in many forms, all of these are jealous gods in that they all demand our obedience. If you remain willingly unaware of their existence within you, they will continue to direct your behavior without you knowing how or why. We often don't like to admit that we're driven by validation or fame, but as I recall, admittance is step one. You'll never change what you don't recognize. Conceptualizing these as gods can be beneficial because the pursuit of them will often force you to overrule your own values and principles if you're not careful. So I heard of a tradition in Alcoholics Anonymous where a new member would get up in front of the group and they would say, what is the most important thing to you in the world? And then the new member would say something like, my wife and kids or my family or whatever. And when he did, everybody in the, all of the congregants, all of the older members would yell out bullshit. And that would startle them and maybe they would try to say something else that was really important to them, like their life or their job or whatever. And everybody would yell bullshit again. And finally, they would get to the point where they realized the thing that they needed to say in order to be truthful is that alcohol is the most important thing to me. And it's only from that place that they could actually start to do the work Of changing the inner world. It's only from the admittance of the God that they're serving that they could actually start to get in there and begin to take a look at what is going on. Because when we keep something in the shadows, when we keep something unconscious, we are unknowingly disempowered. We are disempowering our ability to change it or to do anything about it. So I said that who you are is always in relation to what you serve. I did an episode a while back, some of you probably remember, about the plague that hit during the reign of Marcus Aurelius. And something interesting happened there, and it's one of the reasons that Christianity started to like kind of build like wildfire and ended up sort of spreading and of course taking over the pagan religion. But there's a really early on thing that happens that a lot of people have just, they're just not conscious of. And that is that after Jesus's death, there was no Christianity. There was just something called the way. What Jesus taught was that one's morality is in relation to the thing that they serve. Ie you have this one creator god that's now becoming known more known right to people outside of just Judaism. And in that, that god creates a transcendent ideal. And so that transcendent ideal is something like the highest value, the value that actually sits above all other values. And the reason that that's such a potent way of moving through the world if, you know, if done correctly and with consciousness is because everything else, the rest of your value system, which is always stacked hierarchical, is always in relation to the thing that you're serving that's all the way at the top of your value system. And I've talked many times about why it is that way, right? We have to be able to make decisions in life. So we're always choosing this thing over that, this situation over that one. And that's because of the way that our values are stacked. And so what morality is, is the emergence of an ethic in relation to a transcendent ideal. And now this is partly why it's so difficult now. Like we have this just be a good person movement and I'm, I'm here for it, I really am. But it's also a little bit intellectually lazy because what that means isn't really known. Like if you take out the transcendent ideal the connecting moral framework is actually pretty hard to parse apart because it's like, well, then what what is it that constitutes good, for example, because good is in relation to something to an ultimate good, for example. And so if we go back to the plague that struck during struck Rome during Marcus Aurelius's reign actually ended up killing him, well, you can just look around the world today at the pandemic, right? Like you see how you just put. A little bit of fear in the water and people lose their minds like people have no idea they completely forget how to be human and you're seeing examples of that all over the place well this happened back then as well and so people were just abandoning people like if someone got the plague they would literally just be like pushed outside of their house to die in the streets and it was really like that well because of the way because people were serving this transcendent ideal, it called them to serve something higher than their life, higher than their like, actual physical existence on earth. And so because of that, they started to care for each other within these little sects called the way. And because they started to care for each other, they actually increased the chance of survival. And so what happened is this plague goes through and the people that didn't bond together got taken out in larger proportion than the people that did. And then because the people that took care of each other had a higher survival rate, they also had a higher immunity rate, right? Because they're all like, nobody's like avoiding it in this case. They're like working with those people, they're still treating them like humans. And so the net result being, as nature rips through the human population, the people that served a transcendent ideal come away with a higher survival rate as a byproduct of the way that they were being. And the reason that that's important is because who you are is always in relation to what you serve. There's another really cool tale. I won't tell the whole thing, but essentially this hunter goes through all of these trials and he's on this horse, this old like rickety horse, essentially this really old horse that talks to him and tells him like where he needs to go next. And he's on this trial to like rescue this ring. It's an old myth. And when he gets to the final trial, he has to move through this, like, huge wall of fire. And the horse says, if you kill me, you can wear my hide and you can get through this wall of fire. And the hunter's like, no way. Like, you've been my best friend through all of this. You've gotten me through all these trials. There's no way I'm going to kill you. I can't do that. And the horse just looks at him and he says, there are worse fates than death. And what I think is really, really interesting about that is that if you serve yourself, there is no worse fate than death. Right. Your life becomes this weird preservation game where you have to keep what's yours. But when you serve something bigger than yourself, something even like virtue or honor, then perhaps it actually asks you to make sacrifices of self. And perhaps in doing that, you find that you can become more than even you already are. There's a whole bunch of prohibitions at the beginning of scripture that actually talks about idolatry and things along those lines. And the reason being is because what you're doing is you end up worshiping a fragment of the whole. And what is really worth knowing about human psychology is that you become what you love. And so you become what you worship. And so if you worship the fragment, you become the fragment right? And then especially as if you worship it as if it's the whole. And this is what happens with greed, right? We're worshiping money as if it's the whole, as if it's the most important thing in this world. And so then we become a shell of who we used to be. So what we have to do is get really conscious about the things that we're doing to figure out what it is that we're serving. And it's likely that you're going to have to wrestle with this a little bit. Like you might be, just a, just a thought. You might realize at some point in your life that everything you've done, like the hobbies, the the professional achievements, all of it, are actually to be deemed worthy in the eyes of your parent or something along those lines, right? So what happens is... When we grow up needing something that we don't get from a family member, we end up craving it. And then that will become the God that we serve. And so then we're making decisions out in the world about where to work and what to do and who to date and how to, how to live based on an unconscious ideal that we're serving that we don't know about. And so it's a little bit of a tug of war between asking yourself the tough questions like, why do I care so much about whatever it is you care about? And then it's also about looking at your behavior over time and asking yourself, what does this behavior say that I am serving right now? And oftentimes it can be really enlightening to realize that you're serving something that's making you smaller, that's making you less of who you could be. That's the genius of serving the the archetype of the whole, like psychologically speaking. And so what you want to do is you want to take a step back and ask yourself those tough questions because what happens is you'll end up living however long you live, 70, 80 years, if you're lucky, and all of that time will be going to serve something that all things being equal, you might not actually care about. Like it might be that in order for you to completely flourish as a human being, you actually have to let go of things that used to matter. Anyway, that's been the experience in my life. I love you guys. Hope you have an amazing day. We'll talk later on More Than Coffee.